Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Uh, welcome back to SGC. Well, should be welcoming me back. Uh. <laughs> you, all have, you all should have been attending SGC these few months. Uh, so, I, uh, I finished the retreat last Saturday then uh, decided to uh, to start only today so for the past few months how has everybody been uh, so in the, the on tuesday we had the meditation class and on sunday evening i had a catch up with the uh, volunteers online so uh, I asked them how their three months was yeah, and also um, how their practice has been for the past three months yeah. so but for for Facebook class for this uh, SGC on uh, Facebook a bit different uh, a bit tough to ask y'all how your uh, three months was because there's no direct interaction you can also write a message in the chat yeah leave the chat comments below uh, you can also uh, send a private message to share with me how your practice has been yeah. uh, but i hope everybody has been well yeah um, i i like to take the opportunity to um, dedicate the merits of the practice for the three months whatever merits accrued <laughs> not much uh. <laughs> uh, but, but whatever merits the, the, uh, accrued uh, to extend to uh, you and your family that you be safe be healthy be well and happy extending to all sentient beings may all be safe healthy well and happy mm. so uh, some students have uh, texted me uh, to welcome me back uh, the truth is i never left singapore <laughs> yeah so most people when they heard that i was off on the retreat you know they, they thought that i'm away in some other countries but this period nobody can go out i mean quite impossible huh? Uh, so I, I didn't go out and uh, in a way it's, it's to break away from the notion that we must do retreats overseas yeah. this is also part of the reason why we uh, call the urban retreat the urban retreat yeah. uh, to, to in a way to promote this notion that we can have retreats uh, where we are in, in urban Singapore yeah we don't have to run away to some uh, place now granted granted i have uh, the, the monastery i was ordained in is smack in the middle of the kit carson national reserve forest so it is like in the middle of nowhere and the various centers that i've been to for retreats in the past were also very secluded 
So I do see the value in having uh, retreats in uh, remote places, yeah, where you don't you are away from your usual schedule, uh, and also away from your daily activities, so that you kind of uh, break away from your usual habits, yeah, and perhaps in that process to build up new habits. But at the same time, um, it's also important to to foster wholesome habits right where we are. Yeah, right where we are. Uh, because if we can do that, then uh, then we can persist for a long time. Yeah, otherwise, we so we, we we see people or we hear from people that oh, time to go for a recharge, right? Yeah. Uh, so, why is there a need to recharge? Yeah, it's because the our current environment is draining. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't promote our growth. If our current environment promotes growth, then there's no need to go somewhere to recharge, isn't it? Yeah. Which kind of brings us to today's topic. Yeah. Today's topic is. Do what you love or love what you do. <laughs> yeah. So I have the one note. Oh wait, I've not used this for a while, so got to set it up a bit. Okay. So Let's see. Uh, I might not really write much today or so, but uh, just so you know, I have the title set up here. Okay, so this is the title for today. Do what you love or love what you do? Yeah, so that's the question. Um, so, some students when they um, message me to welcome me back, uh, they, they asked me how the retreat was and they were quite eager to hear from me to share uh, my, my discovery, <laughs> so to speak. Uh. Yeah, to hear from me how the retreat was and is there any insight or, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> I got from the retreat. Uh, eh, I I I've already shared twice actually. <laughs> Once last Sunday with the volunteers, uh, so it so it uh, you get first time sharing uh, when you are one part of the volunteers. Uh, um, quick quick sign up. <laughs> uh, then I shared with the Tuesday class. So I thought today if I share again, then those who have heard it would feel like ah. Uh, this Sifu them low, so I keep repeating. Uh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all in, uh, I will just say that the retreat went smoothly. Um, and it is, uh, it is not Pi Guan. Uh. <laughs> Don't be mistaken. A lot of students, when they hear that I'm, I'm off for a retreat, then they're like, oh, Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Sifu go for Pi Guan. Yeah, no, no. I, I didn't Pi Guan. Uh. In a sense that, uh, of course, to some people, what I did was kind of like Pi Guan also. 
but I don't consider it as peak one because um, it wasn't like full seclusion, so to speak. Not that I was having um, uh, counseling or classes. I stopped all classes. I stopped all counseling. Uh, but in between, I did uh, I did get invited to uh, do a memorial service for the father of a student who passed away. Um, and then uh, there was one. There was uh, a few times where the weekly Dana student, yeah, he, he came over, and then so um, I I reduced the the number of visits, but it's not full seclusion, yeah. So I don't call it peak one. <laughs> if you had thought that I was that Sifu was doing a peak one, that's that's your misconception. Uh, it's it's just a normal retreat, yeah. Uh, in a way, I'm I'm trying to downplay it. Because um, compared to the past retreats I did, it is uh, one of the most relaxing one. Yeah, uh, the last time I I actually did a three months retreat was um, back in two thousand eight. Yeah, <laughs> time flies. Ah, uh. twelve years, twelve years ago, and prior to that was two thousand seven. And of course, back in US, our daily routine is like a retreat. So, um, the the thing is, I I'm quite happy with this retreat. Yeah, nonetheless, quite happy because it um, it helps me to uh, love what I do, and at the same time, do what I love. Yeah, and I think if there's anything I want to share with y'all is to find your own balance. Yeah. So as I've shared before, it's not difficult during a retreat to practice to do super intensive practices. Yeah. In the past two three months retreat, I I did uh, easily ten twelve hours a day, sitting walking sitting walking. Um, I say this not boastfully, yeah, because if you ask around, most people when they do their their re- like sem- fairly intense retreat, it's easily ten over hours to twelve hours. Um, and I I say this not to trivialize it, but I say this in a sense that um, while it was it was kind of easy for me, yeah, easy not because I'm super good, but easy because when you're in the retreat center. There's nothing else left to do. <laughs> yeah, there's you, besides doing our practice. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. So uh, the environment is very good. Yeah. So you just do your practice. It's just like when you come for the retreats that uh, I organize or anybody else organize. If you arrange nine hours a day, then like it or not, you're gonna do somewhere close to nine hours a day. If I organize and I do, I arrange for it to be six hours a day. Then I'm gonna do minimally six hours a day. No big deal. Um, and you may do it for a one-day retreat. You may do it for a three-day retreat, seven days, ten days, three weeks, one month, or three months. You know, or in some traditions they do three years, three months, three days retreat. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's meaningful to do that once in a while. Yeah, 
to to really um, have that time to quieten. But to me, what I really like about this retreat is uh, to find my own balance that I can sustain after that. Yeah. So that's to say. Perhaps even more importantly is that within the retreat you find a certain um, certain regime, yeah, certain set of practices that you can love, uh, and so that you can continue doing after that, yeah. Because it's the after that that is the rest of your life, you know. <laughs> Once the retreat is over, it's over, right? Uh, but what you do after that, the the consistency uh, that is important, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm happy with the retreat because I'm able to more or less sort of re restore a certain balance. Yeah, in the past ten over years, after coming back, I've been busy with teaching and uh, uh, counseling. And when I was in the monastery, a lot of admin duties, <laughs> administrative duties, meetings, and so on. Yeah, so uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to restore a certain balance. Yeah, more akin to the the structure I had in US. Yeah, so a certain uh, base set of uh, meditation every day. So then the question is. Um, what about lay people? Yeah. What about lay people? Um, today's topic, do what you love or love what you do. I, I like to not just touch on uh, meditation and practices. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I want to just cover that first, then perhaps extend it to the rest of your life. Mm. So to begin with, uh, it's important to find a certain set of practices that you're comfortable that you so-called love yeah um, when I say love here we can say with a lot of passion uh, or it can be merely something that you're comfortable with you're agreeable with yeah um, and uh, so that you can sustain yeah. So that you can sustain. Uh, to me, that's important. Oh. Uh, there's two stories that I shared. Um, two seniors, they they gave me advice on on the practice, and it's about <laughs> sustainability. That is the buzzword these days, isn't it? Yeah. But they they told me uh, years back. Should I, should I repeat those stories? Some of you may have heard already. Uh. Maybe you all can leave a comment inside the chat whether you all want or need to hear the stories. Yeah. But back to the do what you love or love what you do. Yeah, in fact, uh, this is a concept that I, I've been sharing. Yeah. So, uh, some years back, I was giving a talk in uh, NTU and uh, one of these students was uh, was in her I think 
final year or second year or final year and was in the midst of the internship yeah, or, or getting to do internship so uh, she had this question like you know she's not sure of what she she like you know in terms of her career um, so she she was a bit you know perplexed so uh, she asked about it during the talk and after the talk she continued to uh, consult me yeah, and every time she visit me in the Buddhist library she would take down copious volumes of notes and she go back home she will share with her mum <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> so in the, in the midst of that all that uh, I shared with her and I think I shared during the talk itself that um, you can many people try to find something that they like to do yeah yeah, so this is the first type, do what you love. That means you, you have decided you love something and then you go and find it to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of young people these days is stuck here because they are not sure what they love. So they don't know what to do. But the trouble with this approach is um, if you haven't tried it, how do you know whether you love? And if you haven't tried it and you think you love, that may be just a preconception. And then as you do it, then you realize, ah, maybe it's not exactly your cup of tea. Then how? Then you have to job hop, you have to move. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're lucky, after one or two tries, you find something that is so-called a, a, a match, a fit. And you really, you know, find yourself um, immersed in it. Yeah, this become your life. Yeah. Uh, but how many people can say that they they uh, they they just managed to find that passion uh, after one or two tries? So the question is, if you can't, then are you going to spend the rest of your life just changing jobs? Yeah. Or for that matter, it doesn't have to be jobs. It can be anything that you are doing. Are you going to just quit? because you don't quite love it yeah uh, so the other approach is that whatever you happen to be doing whether you are tasked to do it or whether it's something that you are doing yeah because you need to do it learn to appreciate it yeah this is what I mean by love what you do and again, the word love, we, we would think of a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, yeah. I think it starts off with appreciation of it. Um, to be curious about it. To want to know more about it. And not simply dismiss it without even trying. Yeah. To take it as a challenge to yourself, in whatever you do, to try to discover something about it that you didn't know yeah uh, then you may start to appreciate it deeper and you may one day come to love what you do uh, I think one of the uh, one of the Chinese philosopher can't remember which 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 uh, philosopher whether it's Zhuangzi uh, uh, or or something uh, said something like this that 
if you can love what you do, you will not work another day. You will not have to work another day. Oh, I see that a couple of you say that you want to hear the stories. Huh? <laughs> mm. So, um, two, two, two seniors. One is uh, Zi Dao Fa Shi, one is uh, Gu Hua Fa Shi. So I think uh, Gu Hua Fa Shi, so Gu Hua Fa Shi is from Fa Gu San, right? But he learned un under my teacher for some years. So after my teacher passed away, he visited uh, the U.S. monastery. And so what, during his visit, um, we, we, had, we, we had a bit of a catch-up. Yeah. Um, I'm very indebted to him because uh, he's the senior that my teacher, whom my teacher entrusted me to uh, for, uh, for, me, for him to help me yeah, uh, do the preparation prior to my ordination. Yeah, so I take him as a um, close mentor. So when he was in the US for a visit uh, during the catch-up, so then he asked me how, how am I and how my practice was. So I was very eager, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if you meet someone that you respect, your senior, uh, you want to uh, make them proud, you know. You want to, especially at that point in time, my teacher has just passed away for a while. Um, I wanted him to, to know that I'm doing good, yeah, that I, I'm making good of myself that he can be proud of me. Uh, but I didn't lie. So I told him, I said, um, oh, I'm, I'm keeping up with the practice. I'm doing about uh, four to five hours a day, um, or maybe five to six hours, and I'm slowly going to increase it to seven to eight hours. Uh, it's quite funny now that I think back, you know, as a junior, how you wish to get affirmation from your senior. When he heard it, he just nodded and um, and then when he spoke, he said, uh, good, good, but uh, for the first 10 years of your, of your ordination, yeah, of your monkhood, try to uh, just keep to the schedule in the monastery, yeah, about the, the two, the four hours. So, uh, one and a half hours in the morning, about one and a half hours in the evening, and then plus the walking uh, should be about four hours, three to four hours. Uh, the duration he mentioned is four hours. So he said that basically, like, don't, don't, you don't have to go so far as to go five to six hours, huh? just do four hours and maintain that. Important thing he said was maintain it for the first 10 years. Just like that is ten years. <laughs> not like not not maintain that for three months, maintain that for half a year or one year, maintain that for ten years. Uh, at that point in time, I <laughs> my little brain. <laughs> at that point in time, my little brain could could not process anything except feel insulted. <laughs> to be very honest, it was quite funny. I mean, it's funny now when I think about it. Back then, not so funny. But then in my mind, I was thinking, well, I'll come to you. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, 
wow, this senior don't, don't think much about me. Uh. Don't think that I can do 5 to 6 hours, 7 to 8 hours. Ask me to just maintain 4 hours for 10 years. And his, his point was, you know, if you can keep that as a, as a foundation, that's very good already. So I was like a bit perplexed, but you know, since your senior say so, so I just eat your feng xing, like that I will, I will uh, practice as you have instructed. But of course, in my mind, I'm like, well, what is this man? Uh, but now, now thinking back, there's a lot of wisdom in it, uh, and I think it comes from experience also. Yeah, uh, accumulated experience. Uh, that for one um, it's not difficult to do intensive practices for a short time but to do it for 10 years that's not easy and it is the consistent 4 hours for 10 years that will get you somewhere that will give you that foundation mm. and notice I, I mentioned about that it's not three months, six months or a year, but ten years. Yeah. Uh, in our monastery in US, uh, the duration that we talk about is all very long. <laughs> My teacher when he was uh, commenting on how how fast we should finish a certain commentary, the the Mahana Sangraha text, he said should we just finish one time and then have an exams and then give you the certificate? He said no. You should study once, twice, three times, ten times, a hundred times, a thousand times until you have penetrated into the meaning, until you have attained enlightenment. Then you qualify. Yeah then you, you have, are considered to have passed yeah, then you, are, you have graduated yeah, so this is the, this is the whole environment uh, that I started off with yeah, back in the US um, and I, I think it, this is resounded in so many masters in all the different traditions um, I, I don't know of any masters who tell people that oh come, come to my center <laughs> come and learn under this tradition three weeks or three days now the Buddha did uh, give the promise yeah, in the Satipatthana Sutta that a person can attain Arahanthood uh, within seven years or even seven months, seven weeks yeah, or even just seven days mm. but that's that's, uh, that's not impossible but that is the minority. For most people, it takes longer than that. And you can see it from the, uh, from the Kudaka Nikaya under the Terigata Teragata, yeah, the verses of the elder monks and nuns. Uh, most of the monks and nuns, they attain enlightenment after decades of practices, not after seven days. Yeah, seven days is the minimum. Yeah, but the rest, they, attend, they, they took a much longer time. Yeah. So that's the first senior. The second senior is my direct Dhamma uh, brother, Tzidao uh, Fasu. He, he shared many things with me because after my teacher passed away, he's the next most senior in the monastery. 
um, and drink one of the and then sometimes after lunch he will ask me along and we will go for a short walk and then he will chat with me and he will try to you know guide me uh, and sometimes in the evening after the evening service um, then we will, we will chat so there was one time when I and sometimes I will just go and visit him and consult him on things because sometimes in the morning or, or in the afternoon when we have class then there are certain verses that is quite obtuse like yeah, Bokyu <laughs> don't understand what's going on and so I discuss with him or for me sometimes I may have uh, doubts yeah, questions or disagreements with the teachings <laughs> this prob problematic monk so um, sometimes I'll visit him in his uh, dormitory and uh, in his quarters and then uh, he will talk to me so that one time I went over then he, he after some a bit of chatting then he said do, do you notice that every time you come uh, I have a book with me and then I thought about it I said yeah quite true uh, you always have a book that you are reading so he said um, it's important to build up a habit yeah, that every day without fail you commit yourself to doing some number of uh, uh, a certain duration of reading yeah. and this is above and beyond our daily classes yeah. uh, six times a week on Sunday there's no class but we have a one day retreat so retreats is part and parcel of our life uh, so he said uh, oh and Thursday we don't have class so five days five days so then he said uh, so he said every day commit yourself to just half an hour one hour of reading yeah stick to the timing without fail that time comes you sit down just read yeah uh, you don't have to read through the whole book but you know just read a certain number of pages or a certain duration and he said uh, if you can persist doing that regularly every day then over the years there'll be a difference but you may not observe the difference yeah, yourself but when you when you meet in, in the context of our monastery then he said when you when you go down that means siasan you know <laughs> and then you you meet up with your peers who don't do regular reading of of the buddhist sutras and the texts uh, you will see the difference yeah you will see the you will notice the progress that you have yeah otherwise you you may not see the difference but the difference is there yeah, and you need that consistency to build up mm. so these two seniors while they share different content but the underlying message is the same consistency, regularities yeah. um, both didn't ask me to, to like do super intensive practices every day but to do consistent practices every day yeah uh, and so 
this retreat I did a lot of reflection I did my sitting walking and reading and a lot of reflection and I I got reminded of this yeah uh, and and so I thought this is this is something that I want to uh, if there's something that you know <laughs> I don't know why but students keep asking me you know uh, what can you share what you have from the retreat actually nothing much uh. <laughs> just this yeah and so if you can um, you have to find your own balance Sifu cannot tell you like I cannot tell you you should do three hours yeah that's my own schedule yeah if I if I, my schedule permit, I will then top up a bit more, but that's my schedule. If you can do 3 hours, 4 hours, 5 hours, well, go ahead. Uh, but if you can do <laughs> 3, 4, 5 hours, then might as well just join us, you know. <laughs> I think for most uh, lay people, it can be a bit of a challenge. Huh? Yeah, Even if you want to. Uh, because of your work, because of your family, your friends, you know, you all have a lot of duties and commitments. So, a bit tougher. Mm. So, maybe you, you can commit to uh, two hours. Yeah. Maybe you can commit to only one hour. Or maybe even just half hour. It's okay. Yeah, better than nothing. <laughs> but don't, don't do nothing. <laughs> don't, don't do so minimal that um, that you you end up becoming disheartened also. So the thing is, if you put in the minimum, like just one minute a day, <laughs> uh, you have to also expect the corresponding results. Right? You cannot expect that you do one minute a day and then within three weeks, you attain enlightenment. Within seven days, you attain jhana. Uh, you know, statistically a bit tough, <laughs> a bit unlikely. Yeah, what are the chances that oh, you are one of those past life cultivator who has a mass deep wholesome roots, and all you need is one minute a day for seven days, and then push you over the limit, and boom, why thin jana? A bit unlikely. Yeah, uh, so set yourself a certain regime a certain regime that you can love and you can learn to appreciate mm. don't do your practices in a mechanical way eh? yeah, if you do your practices in a mechanical way then after a while you become jaded you know there's a saying 学佛一天佛在眼在心中 uh, don't know, 一年, uh, 佛在眼前, 学佛十年, 佛在天边. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, is it 念佛? Yeah. And, and this is about becoming jaded. Yeah. If you do things, do your practices mechanically, just go through motion. Uh, easy to then just not connect with what you are actually doing so uh, on uh, so during the sharing I, I, I shared this which is 
let's say your schedule how many of you can do one hour a day of sitting how many of you you all can leave a comment in the chat can you all do one hour a day oh silence <laughs> okay no pressure no pressure <clears throat> uh, so two two things uh. one um, when we talk about practice it shouldn't be limited to just oh in uh in we and we says yes one hour okay good so we have one uh satu orang one hour uh so so the thing is when we talk about practices it is not limited to meditation it shouldn't be right right and if you took a look at Liu Tu, Pu Shi Qi Jian Ren Ru Jing Jing San Ding Po Ru, a lot of practices in Buddhism, right? So meditation is just one of the practices, uh, but it's a crucial practice. Uh, so try to devote yourself to some practice of meditation. But other forms of practices, uh, you should also bring them in. Yeah. So throughout the whole day, you can do bits and pieces of different practices, isn't it? Yeah. Important thing is uh even if it's the minimum, yeah, like uh it's okay. Better than nothing. Yeah, I'm serious. Not 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 putting anybody down, uh, but saying it very earnestly, very sincerely. If you can only do half an hour or just 20 minutes a day of sitting just then do it and don't wait for tomorrow to do it don't wait for some you know when you are free to do it when you think about it go and do it and if you cannot do 20 minutes do 10 minutes cannot do 10 minutes do 5 minutes cannot do 5 minutes do 2 minutes cannot do 2 minutes do 1 minute come on 1 minute how many times we wait for the lift and complain that it's taking more than one minute? How many times we are at a train station and we complain that the train doesn't come on time? During that time, don't spend your time complaining. <laughs> Take the time to just meditate. Ah, you don't have to, you know, set up an altar and then <laughs> sit down cross-legged. Where you are, just observe your breath. Ah, then that's good enough. And even more importantly, whether it's one minute, two minutes, one hour, two hours, don't practice passing time. You know why it is practice passing time? <laughs> it means when we are doing our practice, really do your practice. So if you let's if let's say you, you are planning to do half an hour of sitting. Spend that half an hour examining your breath, really familiarizing yourself with the breath. Take the opportunity to observe this body and mind. Don't, don't think of it as, oh, I have to spend that half an hour. That's called the clock in meditation. You know, punch cut, you go, you, you work in a company, and then you clock in, clock out, clock in, clock out. Uh, don't do that. But if, if currently you are at that stage where you are the clock-in meditator, then at least do that. Lah. Just clock-in first. Lah. 
extra. But if you have been clocking in for three months to six months, then time to upgrade yourself. Upgrade yourself to go beyond the clock-in meditator. So when you meditate, don't just say, oh, I want to do half an hour. You are just waiting for half an hour to pass. And then when the bell goes, ding, wow, you're very happy. Oh, yeah, chung ah. <laughs> you want to get back to the real world and do whatever you want to do. Uh, if you have that thought arise, uh, try to catch it. Try to be aware of it. Uh, don't let it become a habit. Then, if, if not, then you are, your, your, your practice time, you are actually planting a different kind of seeds. Uh. Yeah, yeah, you are just looking for the practice to end. You are not doing the practice. Yeah. Uh, so, even if it's just one minute, spend that one minute really examining the breath. Really being together with the breath. Observe yourself, this body breathing in. Observe what is happening. As we breathe in, who is breathing? You know? Go and examine. What is breathing? Who is breathing? Is the breath permanent? Is it impermanent? The Buddha say that all conditioned phenomena are impermanent. Is it really true? Go and examine. When we, up, when we meditate, when pain arises, it feels like the pain is very substantial. But the Buddha say that conditioned phenomena is insubstantial. That they are dependent on conditions that they are subject to change, they are not inherent. But when it happens, the pain it feels very inherent. <laughs> I go and examine it. When our thoughts keep coming, it cannot stop it. It feels like the thought is who we are. It feels like the thoughts is it has a life of its own. Huh? Go and examine it. Yeah. Not not go along with it, uh. <laughs> observe it, see what's happening. Ah. Uh, then then your five minutes, twenty minutes, half an hour, one hour, uh, is not just passing time, not just clocking in. Uh, then you will love what you do. Yeah. And as a result, uh you will be doing what you love as well. Then you will look forward to the time where your friend is late. You will look forward to the time where the train is late and you can just meditate. Yeah, then you don't have to bother about all that. Mm. But you must also be prepared. Huh? All this is nice and all, right? Uh, but, and after this you think, oh yes, that's such, such a wonderful idea. And then one day, you are in a bad form, you know, bad mood, bad form, and then you do something else altogether. And maybe you miss your your sitting. So so this is where sometimes some students when they miss one sitting then you know they, they give up. Uh, they're ah I I really sort of break the regime. I just give up. Uh, my my reply to that is don't very simple and I've shared this in other classes before ask yourself sometimes when we are very busy we may miss lunch isn't it 
And when we miss lunch for that day, what do we do? In all likelihood, we just have a later lunch. And come tomorrow, when our family and friends or colleagues ask us to have lunch, join them for lunch, do we then say, no, 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 I don't want to have lunch because yesterday I missed lunch already. So for the rest of my life, I'm not going to have lunch. No, right? You missed lunch yesterday, today you can still have lunch, right? Today you miss lunch, tomorrow you can still have lunch. It's okay, isn't it? Similarly, maybe today your schedule is really bad, yeah? And so you, you just didn't manage to do the full 20 minutes. You just did one minute. Only managed to squeeze in one minute of awareness, mindfulness. Then tomorrow, yeah, you feel disheartened. Uh, really break the regime, don't want to continue. Don't have to. Yesterday miss, today continue. Just now miss, do it now. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Huh? We don't have to have the kind of 100% or 0%. Okay? Yeah. That's all I have for today. I hope uh, I hope this can this is helpful for you in your practice. Uh, at the end of the day is our it's what we practice that shapes our life. Not not our wishful thinking. Uh. If wishful thinking can just m magically shape our life, we should just spend our time thinking. <laughs> uh, oh, may I become... <laughs> just just think. In Buddhism, we, we make aspiration, but that's just one part of it. Then we go and act on those aspirations. Yeah? So, yuan tao xing, yi xing man yuan. We don't just sit there and just imagine things. I hope that it happens no. Okay? Uh, so now we will uh, take a break and then uh, 3.30 we'll come back. Uh, it's 3 o'clock. Yeah, let's just stop now. I know some of you may have questions. Uh, if you have questions, you can perhaps just write it into the comments and maybe next week I can reply to them. You know? like to start a new habit. Yeah, stop more or less on time and not overrun every week now okay so with that we'll uh, end today's session put our palms together yuan xiao san zhang zu fan lao yuan de zhi hui zhen ming liao pu yuan zui zhang xi xiao chu shi shi chang xing pu sa dao amitofo qi li